The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Hey Jeepers, on this week's XJ Talk Show, we hear about what's going on in the world of Jeeps, and we find out who's done a great tribute to our beloved XJs. We hear a couple of voicemails, take some live calls, and share with you a great new iTunes review. We also say hi to more of our YouTube subscribers. Hey, did you make this week's list? And Josh tells a story of how he broke his Jeep on the most recent wheeling trip, and we have some more fun with Amazon's You Bought What, all on the next XJ Talk Show. to the XJ Talk Show News Desk. Giant spaghetti monster seen near Elvis Memorial licking a new Cherokee. For the full report, stay tuned till after the show. Hey Jeepers, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Show. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Okay, it's a podcast. Oh, you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony and Josh. Hey, it's episode 129 of the XJ Talk Show. I'm Tony, and uh, hey, this is Josh. Hey, I am Josh. You can uh, find me as NW99XJ or Northwest99XJ over at XJTalk.com. And I'm Motoroy, uh, the infamous, uh, infamous, infamous? Easy for me to say. <laughs> You know, during that disclaimer, I was having problems saying endlessly. I said it perfectly then. I bet you I had to record it five or six times before I got it right. And even then, I just gave up and said that was close enough. I don't know what what happens with these lips. As Robin Williams once said, rented lips. That's all I can come up with. I can't tell you how many times I've done multiple takes of recordings in here in my studio for various little things. So I know how it goes. Yeah, it's a a shame. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess it's when you're thinking too hard about it. You know, I have the same problem when I'm going down a flight of stairs. If I think about what I'm doing, I'll miss a step. Yeah, see, I have the problem going upstairs. I, I'm probably the only person that can fall up a flight of stairs. I think I've done that too. So uh, don't feel like you're all by yourself there, Josh. Well, hey guys, we got a huge show for you guys tonight. All kinds of stuff. Tony and I are going to probably talk at length about all kinds of stuff, including some carnage that I had uh, suffered on my Jeep. So we'll get to that here a little bit later in the show. Man, what are you doing with that Jeep? You're supposed to build it in such a way where that doesn't happen. I don't I don't know, Josh. Thought I did. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the case, isn't it? So I uh, <laughs> just want to let you guys know this is the XJ Talk Show. It's a podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-roading, and the tech that you need to get you there and back. We're here to promote the web's most premier website for all that is Jeep Cherokee, xjtalk.com. The friendliest and most helpful site on the web. xjtalk.com encourages and answers all the questions and concerns that the first-time XJ owner typically has without the flaming or criticism, all while giving you the best, most in-depth articles and write-ups for repairs and modifications that take your average XJ to the next level. Now get ready. It's the XJ Talk Show, and it starts right now. First week in G. 
Well, this is normally part of the show where I go on for about 10 or 15 minutes bashing the new Jeep that uh, the Chrysler Fiat Corporation has just released. Well, I'm not going to do that this week. In fact, there's really not a whole lot going on in the Jeep world right now. Internationally, global auto sales markets are buzz, all abuzz, anxiously awaiting the release of the 2015 Jeep Renegade, as it's supposed to be one of the uh, leading global market uh, markets as far as auto sales go here in the coming year. Meanwhile, here in the States, the 2014 Jeep Cherokee has seen record sales for a new vehicle launch. We'll see how long this wave lasts as the new Cherokee is looking towards a facelift in 2016. Now, fourwheeler.com has done a great write-up on what it takes to put a long-arm lift on an XJ, and it points out some do's and don'ts during install and gives some pointers as far as tire selections go along with a new lift. You want to check it out? Head over to fourwheeler.com. It's actually got some pretty cool picks. Carbuzz.com this week has posted up a great homage to the XJ. The crew over there must be real big fans of the Cherokee, as their tribute to our beloved XJs is one of the best I've seen since the launch of the new 2014 Jeep Cherokee. If you'd like to check it out for yourself, I highly encourage you guys to head over to carbuzz.com and look at their news section for cool pics, even some jumping Cherokees, and a little blast from the past with a video review of the 1999 Jeep Cherokee. All cool stuff on an otherwise slow Jeep week in news. Hey, if you'd like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep, and I would highly encourage you to do so, or you have a response to any one of the stories that I have mentioned here on This Week in Jeep, please send an email to newstips at xjtalk.com. xjtalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to xjtalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off road. We here at the XJ Talk Show really appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's so easy. Just tell them to go to XJTalkShow.com. And now we get to share a little love with our new YouTube subscribers. Yep, we've got a list that grows and grows every week, and we only pick four out of the list in no particular order uh, every week. And so if you guys have joined recently and you don't hear your name, yeah, stick around. We'll uh, we'll get to it eventually. Got we, four this weekend uh, topping out on the uh, list, and again, no particular order. Uh, this one's an interesting one, so I'm just going to take a wild guess, and it's AK Jam Magica. <laughs> Good enough. And I've got uh, Greg Hedyu. Yeah. And this one is uh, K-O-O-P-K exclamation point L-L, or what I have assumed is Koopkill. I think you're right there, Josh. Oh, and uh, I got the lucky the lucky name here, Chris Watson. Hey, guys, keep up those subscriptions, and we highly encourage you guys to tell a friend. That's right. We uh, enjoy the subscriptions over there at YouTube.com slash XJTalk. 505 subscribers. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Amazon.com and the XJ Talk Show present You Bought What? All right, Josh, let the, let the audience know what the, what the hell this is all about. Well, guys, this is uh, something we do every other week. It's a lot of fun. We've got this great relationship set up with Amazon.com. 
And you guys, if you don't know about Amazon.com, you got to check it out. But you got to cruise over to xjtalkshow.com first or xjtalk.com and click on the Amazon banner right there on the main page. It'll pop you straight over to Amazon.com, one of the biggest online shopping places you could possibly go to find virtually anything that you could possibly want or that we could find something funny to talk about. And that's what it's all about, guys. You guys do your online shopping, clicking through one of our sites first. Amazon gives us a small little kickback. It's a great way for you guys to support the show. You don't pay a single penny more, not a red cent. In addition to that, Amazon has agreed to give us a little list of what you guys have been buying. And it's it's a lot of fun. You guys throw some curveballs every, every now and again. We don't get to see who's buying what, and that's what all the fun is. So if you guys like to, uh, well, throw us a pair of crotchless panties every now and again or you know some of that bacon salt, hey, no problem. We'll throw it up on the list and get it up on the air and have some fun with it with Amazon. You bought what? Wait a minute, Josh. I think you came up on a really good, uh, good colorful combination there. Crotchless <laughs> panties and baking salts because everything needs flavoring. Hey, uh, so I recently got this. Uh, <laughs> I recently got this off of Amazon.com. Let me see if I can get it here in front of the camera properly. Gee, oh. man, this is this is worse than getting in front of the mirror. Uh, so it doesn't quite fit. Well, I hope you're not talking about crotchless <laughs> panties. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not seeing anything on the uh, on the YouTube feed. So hopefully, we're broadcasting video, and the uh, the rest of our viewers can uh, can see what you're holding up there, Tony. <laughs> you need to tell us tell me about that sooner, Josh. So I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a nice uh, a nice uh, picture of us, uh, static yeah. picture of us. Anyway, this is the this is the the thing here. Uh, yeah, what is I, I can't for, uh, quite fit the, it in there. Anyway, well, what is it? For? It was in podcast land. Anyway, I'll read it. Uh, it's the Jeep Cherokee Advanced Performance Modifications, oh. nineteen eighty four to two thousand one. Uh, this is uh, by our, our, our friend and XJ Talk member Eric Zappi. Yeah, guys, he's uh, he's got a uh, he, well, he's got one other book out there as well. It's yep. it's basically what uh, what most of us would call the XJ Builder's Bible. Uh, it's a great builder's guide, t- tons of tons of good advice, great tech, a lot of good pictures, and I can only imagine. The second edition, well, it's not a second edition of a book. It's a completely different release, and it takes things to the next level from what I've heard. I don't have this book yet myself. Mine's on the way, so it should be here any day now. And uh, and hopefully uh, when I get mine, boy, that's going to take a top uh, top shelf spot on my reading list. So I can't wait to get a hold of that. I'm going to put both of mine on the coffee table, see if my, the wife go. makes me move out to the garage. Yeah, mine mine spent a uh, probably its first year of its life on the coffee table as I uh, uh, between there and and uh, and the throne room as it were because uh, it got read quite a bit. Excellent. All right, man. Uh, you want to take the first one? Yeah, let's get into this. I'm going to go ahead and and we'll just kind of c- keep cruising down through this list. Uh, you know, it's all kind of by category and stuff, and in no particular order, guys. Um, we got a couple in here in the automotive department. Here, it's a, a couple of complete strut assemblies. In fact. Uh, it's got a pretty big SKU number. That model number is pretty big. I couldn't possibly begin to tell you what model of vehicle it's for, but it's a strut assembly. They picked up two of them through Amazon.com to hook up the front of their car. And uh, let's see, we've got a lens replacement kit, glass cover lens for a GoPro HD Hero 2. That wasn't yours, was it, Josh? No, that's not mine. I definitely have, uh, I th- I've got the Hero 3. Um, and so, but, uh, but nonetheless, that's, uh, somebody out there is, is, well, they probably damaged theirs up on the trail or something like that. Got some, uh, some mud, some dirt up on there, scratched the lens all up and well, they needed a replacement for it. 
waterproof case nonetheless. That's good for out here in the Northwest where we got all kinds of rain. You know, I'll go out on a limb. They may have gotten some bacon salt on it. Oh, there's a chance. And scratched it with some vigorous and uh, friction heat, you know. No, oh, geez. Now, this is something, uh, speaking of heat, now this is something you probably wouldn't want to create too much friction with. So this is Wasabi. Oh, it's a it's a power battery yeah. pack. Yeah. It's a two-pack for the GoPro Hero 2. And I saw Wasabi, uh-huh. and I got all excited in there and stuff, because I do like me some Wasabi. <laughs> you were you were focusing on the, the thing that you like. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. The uh, It's a healthcare, health and personal care. Uh, oh, I know what this is. Natal? Is that natural? Uh, natrol. natrol. It's a melatonin, 10 milligrams. And it's uh, a strawberry. Dissolved. Yeah, strawberry flavored nonetheless. I don't know. You're not supposed to eat a bunch of those, are you? Because it shouldn't, well, no, it shouldn't you, taste You wouldn't want to eat a whole bunch of mel- Melatonin is the chemical that the uh, body releases uh, to help you ease into your sleep cycle. So if you guys are having oh. problems falling asleep, then uh, find yourself a little bit of melatonin and you will have a good night's sleep. Trust me. I'm thinking they would sell more of it if they call it water melatonin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I love watermelon, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, we don't need any overdoses going on now. <laughs> well, speaking of flavors and scents, this is the Enos Lavender Scented Mothball Packets. <laughs> That's not something that I would probably want to swallow, eat, or even put in my soup. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, Lavender Mothball Packets. Uh, it must be going in the closet. You know, that's going to be a tedious job, removing mothballs and putting it into packets. <laughs> so... <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Well, you're you're just you're on tonight, Tony. <laughs> As my youngest son would say, "Dad jokes." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the uh, they got a next one here, which is the Kirkland Signature Omega Three Fish Oil Concentrates, four hundred soft gels, and God, God, they need to be soft. Uh, one thousand milligram fish oil with thirty percent omega. So yeah, these somebody here is a health conscious person that's uh, watching our show. Go figure. Well, now here's one near and dear to my heart uh, in the mobile electronics field. And I, this is definitely a field that I uh, that I enjoy that I have a lot of experience in. I actually had uh, a little bit of a dealing with uh, with uh, a Cherokee in the mobile electronics field. I'll tell you guys that story here in just a little while. But this is a pyramid eight gauge ground wire, twenty five foot in the brown variety. And it uh, looks like somebody is, well, hooking themselves up a little amplifier or maybe doing some uh, under hood rewiring. Ooh, a 180-piece uh, rubber grommet uh, shop assortment. That certainly would come in handy running some wires, running some uh, lines to your uh, off-road lights and uh, maybe some uh, uh, rock lights, too. No, this is one's interesting because, you know, not every rod needs a bracket, but in case it does... You get a John Sterling heavy-duty shelf and rod bracket in bronze. And what is this? A Q Workshop polyhedral seven-die set carved steampunk die set. Oh, now that that's where the part that's that's the part where I understand what it is when I see steampunk die set. That's a sports and outdoors man. How, how do you? I got much to look that up. How do you steampunk a die set? I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure I know who that went to. I uh, recently saw on the xjtalk.com chat room that uh, somebody had purchased some dice for a little bit of a of an uh, an R uh, not R and D a role playing game. I was going to say R and D D and D, but that sort of thing. But uh, steampunk dice set. I wonder what that's like because uh, you know I definitely like the steampunk kind of stuff. Uh, you know, all kinds of uh, kind of cool retro esque sci fi type stuff. Uh, anyways. Really cool uh, purchase there. Hopefully, we can get some pictures of that up uh, on xjtalk.com and in one of our uh, forum sections there. 
Uh, this one here is, uh, I'm not sure exactly what this is, but it's a Halex 90513 one-inch non-metallic clamp connector. And this is in the tools and hardware section, so I'm not sure exactly what that would be clamping or what it would be connecting even. Well, it was a dollar five, so it's probably something really basic and simple. And uh, actually, it may have been bought by the same person that got the rubber grommets, because if you're going to run a line, it's nice to have it uh, tight up, on, up against the body and not flopping around. Well, in the second to the last item, Tony, I'm just going to go ahead and sure. pop this one out there is basically just an inch and a quarter variety of the same thing. So uh, whatever uh, person is out there purchasing some tools and hardware through Amazon, we definitely appreciate the click through uh, on one of our sites. Thank yeah. you very much. And then uh, this, uh, the final item is a ultra hardware shelf bracket pack of 20. That's a lot of shelf brackets. I wonder if somebody's That's put some stuff up in the shop. Somebody is hooking up their garage. I, re I remember seeing uh, on one of our last shows that uh, somebody got a pegboard set and uh, and some other stuff for for doing some tool organization and stuff. So I know we do have a thread of uh, you know you know show us your garage type of thing over on xjtalk.com. And uh, there's a lot of really nice garages guys out there have some really cool workspaces uh, to do some tinkering on their Jeep. So hey, if you're listening to the show right now, and well, these are your items. Definitely show us uh, show us some pics of these things in action. We'd like to see what you're doing to your garage. Yeah, and guys, we sure do appreciate you taking the time to go over to Amazon uh, and buy stuff. But first, going to our site and clicking on the Amazon banner. We just found out what you bought. Oh my god, I just can't believe that made it on the list. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. We here at the XJ Talk Show really appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's so easy. Just tell them to go to xjtalkshow.com. Well, uh, <laughs> and Josh, we need to we need that chit chat uh, intro thing we were talking about. <laughs> this yeah, is a, this see. is one of our favorite segments, guys, because Josh and I do like our talking. Yeah, we do. And I've got some stuff to talk about. So uh, you guys know that my Honda Saga has recently had a new chapter added to it. I'm not going to go into that, but uh, long story short, my Honda's been stolen twice in the last five and a half months or so. And last time I, I got it, it was uh, semi-stripped. I didn't have any wheels and tires. Well, apparently that trend has continued as a buddy of mine, uh, a fellow Jeeper, he's on his uh, second Cherokee now, and uh, it's, he got himself a late model finally, another 99. It's red, in fact, Tony. And, uh, well, he's, uh, he's doing a long arm lift kit on it. He's got it up on 33s right now. His Jeep got broken into the other night and he called me up. He's like, Hey man, you know, this stuff happened. And it was really weird too, because he had tools in it. He had, um, amplifier sub, a nice stereo in there. Uh, you know, some, some, you know, cords and stuff for hooking up, uh, you know, iPhone and, and charging cell phone and stuff. I mean, CDs, a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, any run of the mill thief would have probably taken to the pawn shop right away. Well, they didn't take any of that. The only thing they took was a Leatherman tool out of his center console. Kind of weird. They rifled his lock and everything, really screwed up the side of his Jeep, uh, you know, punching in that door lock and everything or prying it open. I don't know exactly what they did. Uh, you know, it looks pretty bad nonetheless. 
But they broke into his Jeep. They only stole one thing and left a whole bunch of other stuff that was worth a lot more money. You know, kind of weird. And he called me up. I was at work uh, and at work that day. And he told me the whole story and everything. And he's like, you know, I need to get an alarm. Uh, can you point me in the right direction? Well, having worked for, you know, a decade in the mobile electronics field, I, of course, had the, the knowledge and the connections and everything else to help him out, at least get him pointed in the right direction. And that's just what I did. I told him, okay, this is what you're going to be looking for. You want to stay away from this. You want to look for that, that sort of thing. Got him the advice he needed. He did some shopping around on his own, got himself a good deal on, on an alarm. And I rushed over there after work and, and, uh, and put it in for him and really hooked him up, got him all the bells and whistles. Now his Jeep is really protected, uh, has you know a great visual deterrent with the red flashing light and a really powerful siren underneath the hood. His Jeep is not likely to get broken into again. So I was a little bit of mobile electronics in my own uh, in my own life here recently, uh, dealing with a buddy who unfortunately had some bad stuff happen to his Cherokee. So moving along, I actually had uh, my Cherokee up on the mountain again, went uh, wheeling two weeks in a row. Kind of cool, right? Well, unfortunately, I was heading up there to meet up with some of the other uh, Naxter crew, the North American XJ Association, the Northwest chapter specifically. And, uh, and how it uh, ended up being is I was supposed to go up there Friday night after work, do some camping and stuff. A few other people had uh, had bailed out at the last minute. I decided I didn't really want to go up and camp in the rain, so I decided to stay home that night. I would just catch up with everybody else in the morning. So I left the house bright and early, got in the Jeep, got it all loaded up and everything, and headed out for the mountain. I uh, got up there, you know, probably about five or ten minutes later than I wanted to. I had to stop and, and, and get some gas and everything. kind of put me back behind schedule just a little bit. Uh, but I got up there into the staging area and nobody was there. I kind of did a, a quick run around a couple of the other staging areas. Couldn't find anybody. So I was figured, okay, I'll just air down really quick and head up on the trails and see if I can't catch up with them. I know the typical trail runs that people go on. So I figured at some point if I run, you know, X, Y, and Z trails, I'm bound to run into somebody sooner or later. So I aired down, got up onto the trails, and I was about three trails in. Everything was going pretty good. And this was a fairly easy trail. You know, I'm not going to say it was, it was, it was a moderate difficulty trail. Um, you know, definitely something that if you had, you know, three inches of lift and 31s, you could easily conquer. Um, yeah, a stock XJ probably would not have made it through. Uh, but nonetheless, I was out there wheeling. I was having some fun. Well, about three quarters of the way through the trail or so, I, I noticed that uh, uh, my steering response was starting to diminish quite rapidly. And uh, I was having to three-point turn and then sometimes even five-point turn just about every tight corner on the trail. And I'm like, you know, what the heck is going on here? So I limped it down the rest of the trail, you know, doing kind of the, the Austin Powers turn, you know, going eight times to make a 90-degree corner. And finally got down to the bottom of the trailhead and, and got up onto a, you know, area of the logging roads out there uh, to where I could, you know, get the Jeep into a stationary position and where it was safe and not off camber and out of the way and everything else. And I started, you know, poking around and looking around. Climb underneath the Jeep, and I'm looking, and I, I didn't see anything right off the bat. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? So I grab the steering wheel, and I start working the steering wheel back and forth. And as I do so, I watch the entire front end of the Jeep shift over the front axle about a foot in either direction. I knew instantly that there was something going on with my track bar. So upon further investigation, I found that the track bar had actually mostly sheared off of the frame. The, the mount had sheared off of the frame. By frame, I mean the unibody, of course. Now, what had happened was, uh, during my, as Tony has put it, a 52-ton steering system that I have put on the Jeep, and it's just basically a one-ton over-the-knuckle uh, steering system that I've hooked up to my Durango steering box. The uh, steering box is reinforced. Uh, it's got an inner uh, C-Rock frame brace, as well as a homebrew 
uh, steering box brace that ties it into the opposite side. Well, uh, that's all fine and dandy, but the the rough stuff uh, pan hard bar kit that I have that was welded to the uh, welded to the frame uh, is in an area where there's a and there's a piece of metal. There's there's three layers of sheet metal that comprise the unibody in that area, and it had basically peeled that one layer clean off of the other two, which are it's all just held together with spot welds, and so it's quarter inch steel that's welded to 16 gauge sheet metal for all intents and purposes. That's really all it was and relying on the spot welds of that whole area to hold it all together. Now it's just one piece of metal that kind of has one little flange on it that, uh, that's goes underneath of where the motor mount bracket is on the driver's side. And this is where the, the stock track bar would have ordinarily mounted to. This was a weld on an aftermarket unit and, uh, and basically what it, did is, is over time something had happened. I'm, I'm thinking it's just because that area is already weak. Um, I do wheel fairly hard. I'm in a, you know some fairly advanced rock crawling and some heavy duty trails, and you know it's more than just a pleasure cruise through the woods. I do put my Jeep through its paces, and chances are it just there's a lot of flex in that area, and the track bar bracket over time just kind of worked that metal loose and eventually just sheared right off. Now, it wasn't floating. It wasn't just dangling off there. There was still, you know, I'm going to say about a third of that piece of metal that's underneath it there still tacked on to the rest of the unibody. So I uh, ratchet-strapped it up into place as best as I could and limped my way back down to the staging area to air up and, well, limp my way home. And that was, let me tell you, Tony, a very, very interesting drive home. I bet it was. So, um... From what you're saying now, you already shared the, the pictures with me, and I'm sorry we don't have them for the show. Uh, I didn't think about it until I just made that statement. Um, <laughs> the uh, the unibody itself, the the frame rail, is what yes. came apart. Uh, yes, in a in a way. Uh, so there there's you have the sheet metal that that when you look underneath the jeep and you see the unibody you look at what you're what you would imagine is the frame rails mm -hmm. there is the additional piece of steel that's really not much bigger than you know let's say a bread basket you know it's only maybe about 18 inches or 24 inches long or something like right. that uh and it's you know just about as wide as the frame rail itself and it has one lip on the inner side um that actually it, it, com it comes down and and it has two holes in it, which is comprises of the um, the the factory track bar mount. It has two bolts that go up into just right underneath where the motor mount is on the driver's side. Yeah, that's and right. then on the inside of the fender, you've got two more that go through it. And and that so that metal comes comes up underneath and 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 then follows down the frame rail down towards you know where the rocker is just a little bit. I mean, it's really literally only about two feet long, maybe less. And it's just another additional piece of metal. To I'm sure it was the factory, the the engineer's idea of reinforcing that area because, you know, a normal a stock Jeep uh, would have some additional shear forces in that area uh, during some off-road use as the Jeep was stock. And on a stock Jeep, that probably would have been just fine. Now, with a Jeep with 33, 1250 tires uh, in some rocks has a heavy-duty steering system that is not, you know, standard steering geometry, uh, and a more heavy-duty steering box, there's a lot more force in that area, uh, you know, that's that's really working that steel, and it just probably, it, honestly, it wasn't designed to take that level of abuse. So, guys, here's a little tip for you. If you're planning a one-ton steering system, 
If you are planning on doing some reinforcement or looking at an aftermarket track bar setup, I would highly recommend reinforcing that area first before you do anything else. Reinforce that area. Now, C-Rock makes a great kit. Uh, rough stuff, I think, makes there's there's a hundred manufacturers out there that make frame reinforcement for specifically for the steering box area, both inside and out. And this is that area too. I know it's not right where the steering box itself mounts. It's just back and below that a little bit. But that whole area could use some reinforcement. So my plan, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do to fix it. And you guys can follow along with this whole thing. Please check out my build thread over at xjtalk.com. You can find me as NW99XJ. You can check out all the pictures and follow my progress as I do this. So I'm going to patch in where the steel actually tore away. Uh, I'm going to cut a piece out of my old bumper, which is the same thickness and gauge of, uh, of steel. And I'm going to, I'm going to make a little template to fill in that one patch and, and give myself a nice flat, smooth area to build off of. And then the entire front and underside is all going to get plated in with three sixteenths inch steel. And then I'll clean up the bracket that got sheared off, which is in good condition. It just needs to be cleaned up. Uh, some, you know, some of the other metal and the old welds cut off of it, cleaned up, and I'm going to weld that back onto the new 3 inch plate that's all in that area. And that should hold, especially with some holes cut in it, some nice rosette welds. That whole area will really get boxed in, strengthened up with some good thick steel. And I shouldn't have this problem ever again. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to do like some plug welds, but I think that's what the, the rosette welds uh, are, isn't it? Yep, basically yeah, so plug welds. There was a couple of small holes where where the uh, the old spot welds had pulled through. They left a couple of small holes in the uh, in the in the frame rail right there. Mm-hmm. So what I went ahead and did is uh, uh, is I, I drilled in it where I saw there's one tiny little you know stress fracture right there. I went ahead and drilled on that because if anytime you see a, a a stress crack, any kind of crack at all in your frame rail, you want to drill on both sides of it. And I'm talking, you get your drill, get a drill bit, doesn't have to be a big one, and just drill right at the end of where that crack is. And what that's going to do is it's going to prevent that crack from ever going any further. And then you weld in that whole area, grind in a little bit of a groove, weld in that area, grind it smooth, give it some paint for protection, you'll be good to go. And I had to do that in one little spot where the pinch, uh, where the, uh, yeah, some pinch welds had pulled through. They left a little bit of a hole in the, uh, in the frame rail, a little tiny stress crack. I went ahead and drilled it plug welded it and uh, ground it all down. And now I've got a nice clean platform. That's where I'm at right now. The Jeep is in the garage. I made it home after one hell of a death wobble experience. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Let me tell you. Um, and I uh, got the Jeep home, started, you know, taking the bracket, the wheel and tire off and everything else like that. Uh, got it up on jack stands and all that. Uh, cleaned up the area, you know, cut off what I had to cut off and, uh, and ground everything down, did some welding and stuff. So now I'm at the point where all I have to do left is get in that patch piece and then start cutting my templates for the 316 inch steel. Get that cut out, get that welded in, get my bracket put on, and I'm back on the trail. Wow. Did you uh, did you think about, I mean, you probably got a pretty good plan here, but just listening to it, I'm thinking, did you think about notching a, a section of the, um, is it, it's the unibody, but it would be, be would it be correct to say uh, frame rail? It's not really a frame. The, the yeah, part of the unibody that acts as the it's, frame. It's a big misconception. I and mean, we, we're all, we all think of, you know, frame. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the, this is what comprises the backbone of the vehicle. So when we think of frame, it, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to say frame than it is to say unibody anyway. So, you know, but you know, when you're talking amongst XJ enthusiasts and off-road enthusiasts, 
Uh, you're talking about a Cherokee, and you say the word frame, everybody knows what you're talking about. All right. Well, anyway, I'll say frame. If you think about uh, cutting a section out of the frame right there where it was pulling through and actually putting some nice rectangular steel down the, uh, you know, up, you know, I guess you may have to actually uh, use pieces and weld them together and fit them in there, but actually make like a real frame, uh, a, a, a real, yeah, a real frame or something to attached to go down the unibody a bit and bolt it in and up the unibody a bit and bolt it in and then you could either i guess you could cover that section back up with the 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 three sixteenths inch metal or just go straight to that uh new heavy duty section and then you would never have this this situation again or do you feel comfortable with what you're thinking about doing uh really resolving that I'm, i'm thinking that thin metal is not going to get any thicker even if you put stuff over the top of it it's still going to be thin unless you have something so here, substantial under there. Here's, here's, my, uh, here's the method behind my madness and, and why I'm pretty sure this is going to work. Is really all my bracket was, mount, was welded to before was one thickness of sheet metal, which really was you know, no, no thicker than you know, what's left of this pad of paper. I mean, literally, we're talking you know, less than a, or about a sixteenth of an inch. That's a lot of no, stress. Less than sixty thousandths of an inch or so is what we're talking about here, and uh, the, you know you're, you've got quarter inch steel, which unto itself is extremely strong. Like I said, the bracket was very resilient. Uh, the the pan hard bar kit itself is is just fine. The welds themselves were just fine. Everything mm-hmm. was just fine, except for the metal that it was welded to, yeah. and it was only that that just that thin single piece of metal that sheared away. Now. It, if I was to do this all over again, honestly, what I would do is I would drill several holes through that, through that one piece of metal, through the rest of the unibody and through that frame rail and everything, just drill right through that and then weld it all up. And what that's going to do is it's going to create a lot more stronger uh, tie-in points right. through one bracket, through the rest of the unibody and really keep all that together. Because mm-hmm. I think what my, my problem was is that there was only penetration on the weld through the one piece of metal. Now, had that weld actually gotten through more than one piece of metal or all that metal was tied in together better, mm-hmm. then this probably wouldn't have happened. So what I'm going to be doing is, is once, I, once I patch in that spot where the metal was torn out, now I've got a good, solid you know, piece area back in there. I'm going to drill some holes. It's going to get the, you know, all that welded in through, so all, everything's going to get tied in together, and then the 316 is going to go on top of that and get welded through with a bunch of holes and everything. And this is not only going on the underside, and that's basically, uh, and guys, you're going to have to check out, please go check out my build thread on xjtalk.com. You guys can see the pictures. I actually had a gusset on the outside that was completely broken through, quarter-inch steel, broken, just snapped in half, ripped in half, torn, sheared, whatever you want to call it. In any case, it was broken. That was on the outside. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 3 16-inch on the, both the outside and underneath. It's going to be like a big piece of angle iron right along that whole side of the frame right there. Now, obviously, it's not a full unibody you know, reinforcement or you know, unibody right. stiffener or anything like that, but it's going to be the next best thing. And the way that I'm going about it should create a lot of strength in that area. I'm going to take one extra step. I'm going to go one step further with this, and I'm going to tie in the track bar, the, the pan hard bar, uh, track bar, it's the same thing, uh, I'm going to tie that in from the frame side on the driver's side over to the passenger side. 
Now, I have a bracket that came with my, my original aftermarket track bar that I got. It was the Rough Stuff uh, track bar, adjustable track bar kit. It was a double shear uh, kit that came with a, um, a, a unibody tie-in bracket. And that was going to tie in from the actual track bar where it mounts to the bracket to the passenger side frame rail. Now, mine didn't quite line up right, so I never used it. Well, since this, well, this is all would, custom this anyways, I want to chop the thing up. Re, you know, re, make some adjustments to it and actually make it work for my kit. Yeah. But not only am I going to have my steering box tied in from the driver's side to the passenger side, my track bar is going to be tied in from the driver's side to the passenger side as well. Well, you know, I have the uh, Iron Man Andy uh, track bar, super heavy duty track bar on mine, and it has provisions for that bar that goes across. Andy hasn't come out with that yet, but uh, I can certainly see after uh, after this what's happened to you that having that bar going all the way across over the passenger side frame rail, uh, would certainly have helped. Um, certainly would make it feel a lot stiffer whenever you're, uh, making those turns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this, you know, looking back, I could definitely tell that this has been something that's been going on for a little while. I've noticed on the freeway, a little bit of float in the front end and just Jeeps wander by nature. You got mm-hmm. a live axle, you got a four-link suspension, coil suspension. You know, the, the front end of Jeeps, uh, they typically have a little bit of drift to them, a little bit of wander. Not a lot, especially when you're stocked. When you start lifting these things up, you start messing with the suspension geometry and stuff like that, you're going to amplify. You're going to exacerbate that, that, that drift, that little bit of, uh, of wander that the Jeeps have. And, and it's going to be severely amplified with the more lift and the more extreme you go with suspension modifications and stuff like that. So uh, I had noticed it, but I didn't really pay no never mind to it because I figured, ah, you know, I've got 33-inch tall tires. I've got, you know, a tie rod set up. Maybe I'm just feeling a little bit of tie rod roll in this inverted T system that I've got going on. You know, I, I figured it was a number of different, uh, you know, reasons that were adding up to this little bit of drift and float that I was feeling in the front end. And I didn't pay any attention to it, figuring, okay, it's just this, that, or the other thing. Uh, but when I was up on the trail and noticed that I'm having to take an eight-point turn to get around this corner, obviously something is wrong. And, and sure enough, guys, once you see the pictures, you're just going to cover your mouth and be like, <gasps> you know, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah, because this was it, was. it was some pretty good carnage, guys. So let me just make sure the audience uh, uh, understands. Uh, a ratchet strap is not sufficient to keep death wobble it's- from occurring. <laughs> Guys, a ratchet strap is not DOT approved. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's certainly uh, uh, spouse approved when she doesn't have to drive uh, many, many miles to go pick up your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad I didn't have to call AAA or, or anything like that to, uh, to, to get a rescue. I, I, I couldn't, man, I could not be more proud of my Jeep. Honestly, uh, with as much abuse as it's taken over the years, I mean, it, it got me home under its own power. I made it home safe. I was able to drive more than 25 miles an hour. Uh, I tell you, though, once I, once I came out of that staging area and I got on the freeway, uh, or the highway, rather, um, heading home, and I was coming down the hill, I was like 25 miles an hour, I had my hazards on. Okay, it feels okay. I can still kind of steer a little bit. Okay, that's fine. 35 miles per hour. Okay, everything kind of feels still right. I still got some steering response. You know, I'm just I'm waiting for any moment now for my steering to just completely go away, and, uh, and that, that would have been fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, okay. 45 miles per hour pothole. Oh, geez. <laughs> and you know, steering wheels going back and forth and I could literally just feel the axle jumping back and forth underneath the vehicle. And I'm just, you know, it was just let off the gas, slowly apply the brake, ease off onto the shoulder a little bit. It's just the whole way steering wheel going back and forth like 90 degrees. Uh, you know, it was, it was one hell of a ride. 
So, uh, Tony recently posted up on the xjtalk.com uh, YouTube page of uh, a little bit of death wobble uh, <laughs> yeah. th- that was coming at him, in fact, uh, not experiencing on his own. And I could only imagine that that guy going through, I uh, was probably the half of what I was experiencing because the way that my axle was jumping around underneath the Jeep, I, I could only imagine what the people were seeing as they were coming towards me, seeing this big old XJ coming down the street with the axle just bouncing around underneath the, underneath the rig. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that was really the only hairy moment throughout the rest of the ride. Uh, you know, I kept a really good eye on what I was driving over. My speed never went really above 40, 45 miles an hour. I got home just fine. Took a little while longer, but the Jeep made it at home under its own power, and I couldn't be more proud of it. That's amazing. Hey, uh, quick break here. I'll tell you guys, uh, you see the number crawling across the screen. Uh, I'll just remind you, we are taking live calls. Uh, I apologize we didn't get to our one caller that uh, was waiting patiently, and uh, he disconnected. If you'd like to call back in, now's the time. So uh, that number is 267-507-0240, 267-507-2040, and then you'll put in the conference code 219 Yeah, I would say that has to be an interesting experience, Josh. And, and now I'm, I'm kind of seeing the benefit uh, of a onboard welder having the ability yeah. to weld on the uh, on the trail and 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 even if it's not for your rig you'd probably have several new best friends now i'm going to give you guys just a quick tip if you guys don't want to you know shell out the i think $300 for the entry level ready welder kit um, which is basically just a little tool kit it's a welder that you know runs off of a single battery it's a little wire feed uh, mig welder uh, you know handheld it will work in a pinch you know what will work even well i'm not going to say even better but even cheaper is two batteries a pair of jump uh, two pairs of jumper cables and some welding rod and you you get yourself a nice 24 volt welding system uh, that honestly can weld together just about anything you got the right welding sticks you got two good batteries meaning a battery out of your rig a battery out of a buddy's rig something like that you pull them out of the vehicles you hook them up in series with uh, with a set of jumper cables and you ground one with the one set of jumper cables. You got a pair of uh, vice grips and another pair of jumper cables and your welding rod and the other. And you can tack something together. I've seen it done on the trail. It does work. And uh, if you, you really, if you need something in a pinch, guys, you don't have the money for a ready welder. Go down to your local welding supply shop. Get some welding sticks. Carry a couple pairs of jumper cables with you. All you need after that is a couple pairs of batteries and you'll be good to go. Yeah, uh, like I said, I can see how that would be uh, a much. <laughs> I'd still be nervous driving at home, but after seeing the uh, the carnage that you had, but uh, that would be a lot better than a ratchet strap. Maybe maybe a quick weld and a ratchet strap, <laughs> and, you know, and some I, I and some JB I, weld if you've got it. <laughs> I, just, I, I was just gonna say, I really thought about you know slapping up some JB weld under there under there, but you know it was muddy, it was wet. Uh, I was fairly certain the JB Weld really wasn't going to do a whole lot for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still. <laughs> but the thought crossed my mind. The thought crossed my mind. I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got enough duct tape for this. <laughs> duct tape, uh, bailing wire, uh, anything that keeps me from dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's funny. Guys will go through all kinds of, like, like we're making fun of the JB Weld, the duct tape and everything like that. But guys will go through those kind of repairs. Anything that keeps them from having to call a tow truck. And I don't know if it's it's simply pride of the of your vehicle getting you there and back, or all the ribbon that you're going to get because your Jeep couldn't make it back home. 
Yeah, I'm really glad that mine made it back home. So, I, like I said, I couldn't be more proud of my XJ. Well, Josh, uh, I am off tomorrow. I am taking a... Oh, you having a three-day weekend. I'm taking a PTO day, and uh, I'm going nice. to go out on a limb here because, uh, you know, I, I'd already said, you know, I got these, uh, these ball joints to install, and uh, I've had them probably a good month now uh, and haven't done it yet. Well, the, the PTO day is for installing ball joints. Very good, man. I uh, I wish you the best of luck, and and hopefully all the ball joint talk that we've had over the uh, the last several months is uh, giving you some pointers, and uh, uh, and hopefully your install goes nice and smooth. Yeah, and if you guys don't recall, I have a a nice set of uh, Synergy. I, I think I said that right. Uh, ball joints. Uh, Josh got the um, USA Alloy USA ball joints and uh, installed those, and hasn't you haven't had any problems with those, right? one and so i've got two wheeling trips on them and you know a couple hundred miles at least a freeway if not more and honestly it's just great i love them uh, it really really improved the whole feel of my front end uh compared to the very very worn out stock ones that i had in there before uh guys uh, you know i'm sure tony's going to give the same review but uh if you're looking for a set of ball joints you need an upgrade i got mine through amazon.com i suggest you do too uh alloy usa Get you get those ball joints. It's a great deal on a great set of four ball joints, upper and lower, both sides. Uh, I think the price right around now is about 150 bucks. Yep. Hey, and uh, I was going to continue with my uh, uh, ball joint talk, but we got a couple of callers. Let me uh, get to the first one here. Fantastic. Let me uh, unmute them first, and then go over here. And while Tony's doing that, guys, I'm going to give you the call-in number, too. And uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast and aren't joining in on the live show that we broadcast on YouTube every Thursday at 10 p.m. Central Time, I highly encourage you guys to call in next week when we do the show at area code 267-507-0240. And you're going to need to jot down this entry code. It's a little code that hooks us up directly to the XJ Talk Show. It's 219-835. Hey, well, thanks for calling the XJ Talk Show. Who do we have on the line? Uh, this is Heart Theft, pretty sure. That's yeah, I'm name. pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast? Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks Thanks for calling in, Eric. How you doing, man? I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure that those dice that we uh, that we found on our <laughs> Amazon You Bought What list were yours. Am I right? Um, yeah, actually, both pairs. The set of 100 plus and the steampunk set. Very cool. How, so, what's the what's the steampunk kit like? Is it is it just black and white? Because that's about the only description that we had. Is there anything more to it than that? Um. Yeah. It's just it has like gears and cogs on it. I'll I'll post pictures up on my build thread, even though that's not yeah, really where it goes. Do. But whatever. So, doesn't that kind of throw the dice off? Does it always come up ones or sevens now? I mean, it's not loaded dice, is it? Yeah, lo- loaded dice with gears and cogs. You, you and I can love buy it. <laughs> rigged dice from where I bought it. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on with your Jeep? We need some Jeep talk here. We don't want anybody jumping in and uh, you know telling us uh, that we more need more Jeep stuff. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. <laughs> um, uh, the Jeep's been running pretty well. It was overheating for a while. It was actually my Ranger that had the uh, concrete in the mesh area behind the grill. Oh, okay. And yeah, last, uh, I think it was either last yeah. episode or the, or the one before that I had mentioned, and it was, uh, it was heart thefts XJ or 
Wrangler rather that uh, that had uh, the the concrete stuck up in it, and and I, I I guess I had misspoke a little bit. I I misunderstood the uh, the information that I had read. I thought it was a Cherokee, uh, but it was a Wrangler, and uh, and I don't think it was actually inside the radiator itself. It was just on the backside of it and got everything all gummed up and wasn't getting the airflow through it. Is that right? Yeah, it was just a layer of concrete caked on the. I don't know what the part's called, but the mesh area behind the, the grill, and it was thick enough that air couldn't come through. Yeah. Once you get a bunch of stuff on the fins, that's just like a, a air insulator, and uh, it's not going to be good for cooling off the water that's running through those jackets. So, yeah, I can see that. So, quick question, quick question for you then. Did you just go with an OEM replacement? Did you put a nice, uh, you know, aluminum three-core radiator in there? What did you go with as far as uh, replacement goes on that? Uh, when we took it into the dealership, they actually uh, told us that they would try to chip off and power wash off all of the concrete. <laughs> and if they accidentally put a hole through it, they'd replace it. Oh, okay, good. But right now, it's uh, the same I, I was thing. Yeah, it's I was laughing because I didn't think they had a snowball's chance of hell of not damaging that thing. <laughs> I was going to say, you get, you get enough pressure washer <laughs> to uh, knock loose some concrete, you're probably going to knock loose some radiator, too. What year? Uh, what year Wrangler is it? Uh, it's a 2010 JK. Oh, I'm wow. working on getting a TJ sometime soon, though. Oh, how come? Uh, I mean, uh, we uh, we have a TJ here, and I love it. But uh, why the why the switch? You trying to get out of a payment, or uh, maybe get into something a little more rugged? Um, I'm I'm gonna get a, a TJ for rock crawling and off roading, and the JK is gonna be my to and from work vehicle. Yeah, that's a that's a true Jeep fan there. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Now, is the is the uh, J- JK modified at all? Uh, no, it's uh it's sitting on thirty inch tires, but it still has the stock suspension and everything. So uh, you're going to leave it that way then, and and just have it as your dra- daily driver. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know. I'm I might go with like maybe a two inch disc or so just to make it look cooler. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Budget boost, that wouldn't hurt nothing. Little, you know, a couple pucks underneath it or something or something, you know, a little bit like that. And uh, maybe step up to some 31s or some 32s. You'd be good to go. I just wanted to see if he's going to be honest with us because I don't think anybody can drive a Jeep without uh, lifting it a little bit. At least a little bit. Come a little on. bit. And, <laughs> Throw you know, a hockey puck under it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to drive over the hockey pucks. Right, right. Well, cool. Thanks for calling in, Hart. Duff. Really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully next week we can uh, get you back on and uh, we'll have another little chit-chat with you. Sound good? He says it sounds good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we have another caller, Tony? Do we want to get to that as well? Yeah, we do. Hey, thanks for calling the XJ Talk Show. Who do we have on the line? It's Harry Franco. Harry Franco. So I think I saw you in the movie This is the End, right? <laughs> and that was James Franco. Oh, no. Okay, we, we'll let you talk anyway. Harry Franco <laughs> with uh, Hidden Wounds X2. Yeah, I know. I was just giving you a hard time, man. <laughs> How are you healing up? Um, I'm just about there. That's, uh, I'm good. Um, I picked me up an X2 today. You did. Is this for the Hidden Wounds XJ project, or is this uh, for your own purposes? For the project. Fantastic. What did you get? Yeah. 
Oh, no. No, just when we're starting to get to the good stuff. Harry, uh, go step outside real quick. We're getting a little <laughs> bit of a better cell, cell area. We're, we're starting to lose you, buddy. How's this? There we go. Oh, there we go. Quick, tell us what... Uh, what... Yeah, it's got a... It's got a four-liter... Uh, it's got a bonehead gasket, hopefully. <laughs> um, picked it up for 500 bucks. What year is it? 96. Okay. Very good. Very good. Got close to the good years. Bone, bone stock <laughs> hasn't been molested yet. Oh, that's is nice. It, is it in pretty good condition overall, other than the uh, the mechanical side of things? Uh, looks like it. Um, it's uh, it uh, these guys that I got it from, they bought it down in Southern California, and as soon as they get on the freeway, it overheated. Oh, that's no good. Kill it the rest of the way. Well, so, do you have? Gonna, uh, you just got it, it today, so uh, I'm seeing on your Facebook page. It looks like I'm seeing a picture of a uh, of a flatbed truck uh, hauling away or unloading, at least maybe a uh, a white XJ. Would that be the one for the project that I'm seeing here? That's it. They were dropping it off. Fantastic. Actually, looks pretty good, man. Yep. So if you guys, please head over to facebook.com slash hidden wounds XJ, and you guys can follow along with this as well. And uh, we got to, got ourselves a project. So now we're one step closer to getting this thing going and uh, and heading out to some of the shows and everything. And we highly encourage you guys to head over there and show your support. Pick up some of the stickers that they have for sale. Uh, you got to purchase them there through PayPal, but they've got some great multicolor stickers. I got a great American flag with a Cherokee crawling up on a rock right there and some other decals as well that you guys can pick up. All the proceeds go to help out with the build for this project. It's a very good cause and we highly encourage you guys to hook up. Yeah, Josh just told us a lot about it, but Harry, you got anything to add about the uh, Hidden Wounds uh, uh, project? Um, well, you know, um, I'm really considering becoming a nonprofit. Um, I've already assembled a board and, uh, we're probably going to do, as soon as we get this build done, we're going to, uh, and ready to start going and showing it. We're probably going to take on other projects like veterans with Jeeps and, uh, hooking it up for them. So let everybody uh, know if you can briefly, uh, what the, uh, the XJ project's about. Okay, uh, a lot of the veterans are coming back uh, with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or uh, traumatic brain injury. Myself, I have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and uh, this is going to be also healing for me to do this project, to go out and spread the word about the signs and symptoms about the PTSD and TBI, because uh, there's actually 22 veterans a day committing suicide. Mm. because of these and and i want to do my part and lower that number so i'm going to go take this xj once it's built to car shows off-road events uh military and veteran events and uh educate the public on the signs and symptoms you know everybody knows somebody that's deployed you know so educate the public see the signs and prevent the suicide great that's great and uh, I know we always tell you, but uh, I, I want to say it again. Thank you for your service, and I'm, I'm sorry that you had to bring that back home with you. 
and I, I, I'm sure nobody's sorrier than yourself. But uh, stick with it, man. I hope you're getting some uh, some help to get through that. And I, I'm sure uh, actually trying to do something to help other people is probably helping you too. Yes, yes, it will. All right, Harry. Thanks a lot for calling in, and uh, we uh, want to remind everybody that uh, we're going to be tr- trying to have the live calls. Uh, every episode now. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to call in tonight, uh, please uh, think about uh, getting, uh, I don't know, liquid courage or whatever it is that you need to call in for for next week. <laughs> it doesn't take much, guys. As you can tell, all you need is a little bit of a story. Right, just call in and say hi. BS with us for a little bit. We'll get you up on the air. Well, uh, let's uh, jump over to our voicemails, Josh. we got a couple of them. Yeah. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I just caught the uh, promo for the show and saw that uh, you guys had live call-ins, which I'm I'm glad, and I, I wish I could have participated. But I, I'm also a little a little perturbed that uh, guys are pretty racist with the live call-ins. I know Josh Don't is. The undead deserve a voice. <laughs> I would like to invite all the zombies, vampires, werewolves, and uh, aliens, both legal and illegal kind. So call in XJ Talking, uh, voice your opinion. All right, guys, I'll uh, catch you later. Have a good one. Bye. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb. We need to get uh, Nikki G uh, on an interview. I think he works when the show's on, so we couldn't have him live. That would be that would be my first choice because we'd have yeah. a lot of uh, 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 potty jokes are always a winner uh, type things. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would like to hear the Nikki G story. Yeah, we need to hear the Nikki G story. So uh, one of us needs to uh, make the contact and uh, do the interview. So. And here's our our second, uh, second uh, but short Nikki G uh, voicemail. Ah, taking good. The Iron bad. <laughs> so that must be the uh, zombie version of Nikki G. That so. was uh, <laughs> that was uh, the the moon came out and the the zombie uh, overtook uh, <laughs> overtook Nikki G. All right. Well, let's do some reviews. We have, we do have one, Josh. I'll let you do the honors. Well, it's got an expletive in there, so I'm just going to say "awesome s" by ZRT90XJ. Hey, I just found out. I just found the show this week, and it's been stuck in my ear for three days. Gives me something to look forward to on Thursday. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you very much, ZRT90XJ. Uh, that review came from, I'm sorry, Tony, was that Stitcher or iTunes? That's a iTunes, and Josh, that's five stars. As oh, a, that's five as stars. As a five-star <laughs> review. You know, <laughs> you need to get your mind out of the gutter. Well, you know, I, I get, my mind is like a, my mind's got a voice like a, or, uh, talks like a sailor, I guess. So <laughs> five-star review then, <laughs> nonetheless. Oh, we love it. Thank you very much for uh, for that. Guys, if you're listening through iTunes, you know somebody who uses iTunes, they got an iPod, whatever. Turn them on to the podcast. You yourself, if you're listening to this right now, pop over to iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Leave us a little review. We're bound to determine to put it up on the show. And if you have some constructive criticism, guys, we love that too. Please let us know how we're doing. We'd like to hear from you. 
Hey, this part of the show, we also like to call it the end part, is uh, brought to you by audible.com. If you like podcasts, there's a good chance you'll also like audiobooks, especially if you're busy like we are and don't have time to read those pesky books. Words and vowels and, oh, who has time? <laughs> audible.com has over 150,000 titles across any imaginable topic from uh, sci-fi to fiction, fantasy, and yes, they even have some Jeep stuff too. To get you started, the XJ Talk Show has you uh, has you hooked up. You go to audibletrial.com slash XJ Talk Show and instantly get one free title of your uh, book of your choice. That's right. Anything you want for free. Who says you can't get something for nothing? Is that nothing? That's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Audible. <laughs> That's audibletrial.com XJ Talk Show. We'd like to ask you guys to please visit the Hidden Wounds XJ Facebook page. Please friend them and pick up some of their stickers to help support their cause. Really enjoy getting behind those kind of efforts, guys. And if you've got something like that going on, you got an event going on, anything like that that's Jeep-related, or, hey, you just want to go ahead and promote your business or something like that, and you're a fan of the show, we encourage you guys to call in, drop us a line. If nothing else, leave us a voicemail on our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102. 24-7 voicemail line. Nobody's going to answer the phone. Three minutes to say whatever you want to say. Yep, yep. And uh, we don't even care if it's clean or dirty because uh, it just takes a little more editing. Put those bleeps in. But, you know, those bleeps are pretty funny. Hey, a quick hey. shout-out to our uh, uh, some of our uh, folks in our live uh, YouTube area. Harry Franco, you heard him on the phone a few minutes ago. Uh, Heart Theft. Uh, Derek looks like Snipe Niche. And uh, Harry Franco again, Dean Murray. Hey, Dean. Uh, Dean is now a Texas resident. He is uh, up in College Station. Uh, and, and he actually posted up an awesome video about his XJ and a uh, detachable removable windshield, in fact. It's some really cool stuff over on his YouTube channel as well. Please check out Dean Murray. Did he post that up on XJTalk.com? I've, I've been really busy at work. I haven't had time to look at much. Well, it's definitely on his YouTube channel. I'm, uh, I've subscribed to his YouTube channel as well. And, uh, of course, anytime he posts up something, well, I get a notification. And, guys, you've got to check out that Cherokee. We're going to be doing an interview with him very soon in the near future. So you guys can look forward to that coming up in, well, very soon. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping to be out on the trail to do the interview because I'd, I'd like to, uh, once I get the lockers put in there, which I think I told everybody, I've, I've, I do now have both front and rear lockers not installed yet, like most of my items that are just laying around here. <laughs> <laughs> not installed yet but i do have them but i think it'd be fun to uh to follow dean on the trail and i said follow because if you could <laughs> yeah exactly and uh as long as it doesn't look too scary i might take some depends with me there you go guys please check us out on facebook as well we are on twitter as well stitcher radio tunein.com itunes youtube and of course the entire show archive over at xjtalkshow.com and this is why we're here guys the wonderful most premier jeep site on the web xjtalk.com i highly encourage you guys to go check that out you like the show well help us out be sure to tell a friend uh, don't forget about giving us reviews on itunes as well anyway guys have a great jeep week we'll see you